Good morning. Welcome, you massive people. It must be fall break. A lot of people are traveling, and that's good. It's good to get away, and I, I, uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, but I'm glad that you're here today and welcome you and hope that God's going to bless in a very special way uh, this morning. And we're, we're, we're glad that everyone is here. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and, we, and we're glad that you're here. And we hope that you will feel a part of our family as we worship God together in the name of the Lord. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets that are on each row. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out and give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving to us. Check the appropriate box on that. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, it comes out every Thursday, uh, please be sure to put your email address on there, and we'll put you on our list to receive that. It's a great way to keep up with the activities uh, uh, going on here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, some things that are coming up this week. Um, some things ha- haven't changed. Some things have changed. Uh, what hasn't changed is that we are having our joy lunch on Tuesday at 12 noon, and that's for just older youth. But you know what? Anybody can come. So if you're available around lunchtime on Tuesday, come on and enjoy this time. It's a great time of fellowship. Uh, Greg and Nibby, I think, are the program this week, and so we encourage you to come bring a dish, bring a friend, and we'll have a lot of fun together. Uh, This week, since it is fall break, we are not having our regular Wednesday dinner on on, uh, Wednesday. We will be having our Bible study afterwards, but we're not having dinner at uh, 545, but we'll be having our Bible study at a regular time at 630 and our other activities. Next Sunday, uh, a couple of things have changed. One thing has changed. One, we are scheduled for our Fellowship Cafe uh, next Sunday. However, we are also scheduled for a potluck dinner after church on Sunday. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but that may just be a little too much food. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're not going to be having our fellowship breakfast uh, next Sunday. We'll postpone that to another time, uh, and so you can have a good appetite for lunchtime. But we will be having a potluck a potluck dinner um, after church on Sunday next week, and along with that, actually right before that, we're going to be having a pie auction. And this was uh, this is raising money for our our missions projects. Uh, and uh, so what we invite you to do and encourage you to do, two things. Make a pie. And if you can't make a pie, go to Walmart and buy one. But bring a pie in uh, next Sunday or a pie or a cake or any kind of a dessert like that. And then we'll auction them off before our, uh, our uh, potluck dinner on, uh, on next Sunday. Next Sunday is cereal. That's right. We won't, we won't change that. Even though we're not having breakfast, we will be uh, receiving our cereal or donations for um, Henderson Christian Outreach next Sunday. So please uh, bring that as well. Thanks for reminding me about that. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, verses of Scripture, is this. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual worship. And the reason I'm quoting that now is that over the past few days, there have been a lot of people that have been presenting their bodies as spiritual sacrifice or as physical sacrifices in the name of God. And I want to say thank you to, to those people. Uh, two things that have been happening in the past couple of days that have uh, uh, required a lot of, lot of volunteers. Uh, we started our upward program yesterday. We had lots and lots of folks here yesterday, folks, and it was wonderful. So thank you, thank you for all of those people who volunteered for our Upward. We need your help next, well, not next week because we're not having a next week, but the following week um, we, need, we need your continued help um, uh, to, with our Upward basketball and cheerleading program. And if you'd like to help, we can plug you in. Also this weekend, we were involved with the Highway 60 uh, yard sale. We set up down, down at the corner. Um, we sold a lot of stuff. We sold a lot of food. I don't know what the, pro, what the, uh, the net is. I haven't counted that, uh, but we'll find out soon. But I'm, I think it was a pretty good, a pretty good uh, haul. That money also will go towards our mission projects here at Community Baptist Church. I think that we did very well. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who has presented your bodies as a spiritual sacrifice or as a physical, a living sacrifice in the name of God. You have done well. Thank you. You know, it's time to to greet each other in the name of the Lord. So let me invite you to stand and greet each other and share the love of God with one another this morning. loved by you, but also that we have so much love to give. That's risky, God. It, makes, it may take us places we do not want to go. It may call for strength that we do not think we have. When we do, we discover parts of ourselves long forgotten, and we are pursued by the love of Jesus who came into the world and hurt with us. Amen.
My brothers and sisters, do you with acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For it is person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly. And if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please. While to the one who is poor, you may say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, as we humbly bow today, we thank Thee, Father, for this day where we can gather together and worship Thee. We thank Thee, Father, that You seem fit to save, for we have a day of rest and a day to worship. We pray, Heavenly Father, today that coming into the house that we might learn to be a better servant for Thee and a better witness for Thee and have more love for our fellow man. We ask Thee, our Heavenly Father, today that You will be with Brother Tim as He brings the message. And we pray, Father, that if there is one here today that does not know Thee as our Savior, that today will be the day that they will accept Thee in our life. I am proud of this church, Father, for the many ministers they do, for the outside things that they do. Ask Thee, Father, to guide and direct us. Forgive us, Father, for we fail Thee. For Christ's name, Amen. Thank you, Jika. That was beautiful. That's one of my favorite.
favorite uh, hymns, an old hymn. I uh, never heard that rendition. It's very, very nice. Thank you. It is said that in, in Hollywood there is an exclusive school attended by the children of movie stars and producers and directors and such as that. And one day the teacher in that school asked her very privileged students to write a composition on the subject of poverty. Well, one little girl started her essay like this. Once there was a poor little girl. Her father was poor. Her mother was poor. Her nanny was poor. Her chauffeur was poor. Her butler was poor. In fact, everybody in the house was very, very poor. (laughs) You know, I don't think that little girl has ever been exposed to anyone who was really and truly poor. It reminds me of a a Peanuts cartoon by Charles Schultz many years ago. And as many of you will remember, Schultz was a devout Christian, and that came out a lot in his his cartoons. But in this particular cartoon, Snoopy was shivering out in the snow beside an empty food bowl. And he longingly looks towards the house, and then Lucy comes out of the house But instead of putting in anything in Snoopy's food bowl, she simply says, go in peace, be warmed and filled. And then she goes back into her house. The last frame, you can see a confused Snoopy looking towards the house, shivering and hungry and utterly baffled. If that doesn't make you laugh, it should make you cry. A few weeks ago, I told a story about a man who came to church dressed in smelly old rags and was ignored by the congregation. And then the following week, he came to church, the same church, dressed in an expensive suit and was treated like royalty. Well, our lesson for today from this little book of James carries much of the the same kind of message. Listen carefully to these words. My brothers and sisters... Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old rags also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, you stand over there or you can sit here on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Has God not chosen the poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom that God has promised to those who love him? My friends, this is one of those places where the teachings of Jesus definitely clashes with the ways of the world. How we view the poor. And this discrepancy is very apparent in, in, question, in a question that we often ask about people, especially people of wealth. Have you ever heard someone ask the question, hey, how much do you think he's worth? You ever heard somebody ask that question? Or perhaps maybe you have asked that question before. 
And what we're asking by asking that question, what we're really asking is, how much money do you think that person has? But think about how we ask that question. How much do you think that person is worth? The truth of the matter is that our society too often values a a person of wealth more than we value a person without wealth. And I wonder why do we do that? It may be because we aspire to wealth ourselves, and that's natural. We want the fine things of life, and so we admire the people who have them. Years ago, uh, Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick, one of the great Riverside Church in New York City, said that our grandparents were reared to say, what shall I do to be saved? But this generation has been reared to say, what shall I do to succeed? And that's a common attitude in our time. Above all else, we want to succeed in life. We want to to have nice things. And so we admire those who have climbed the ladder of success themselves. But of course, for many people of wealth, it was their grandfather who climbed the ladder of, of success and not them. And they haven't really earned it at all. But we disregard that. And all that matters is that They have what we want. And so we value them a little as a little more special. Or maybe we treat the poor differently because they make us feel guilty. I mean, who hasn't had the experience of being on the street in in a large city somewhere or maybe even here in Henderson and being approached by a homeless person asking for a handout and then afterwards feeling guilty because you turned that person away or, or made that person in some way feel inferior. I suppose, I suppose most of us, I suspect that most of us have experienced something like that in our lives at some time or another. But then we turn to the teachings of Jesus. And, and in the greatest sermon ever preached, listen to what Jesus says. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you when you're hungry. Blessed are you when you mourn. Blessed are you when people hate you. And then we encounter Jesus' parable about the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in His glory with all the angels with Him, He will sit in His glorious throne and all of the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats and he will put his sheep on his right side and his goat and the goats on his left and then the king will say to those at his at his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance which is the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world for i was hungry and you gave me something to eat And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink and I was a stranger and you invited me in and I needed clothing and you gave me clothing and I was sick and you looked after me and I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when do we do all that? When did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink and a stranger and invited you in and and needing clothing and gave you clothing? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will reply, I tell you, whenever you did it to one of the least of these, 
you did it unto me. And then he'll say to those on the left, the goats, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. And I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. And I needed clothing, and you did not give me any clothing. And I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger and needing clothing and sick and in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, whenever you did not do it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did not do it for me. Folks, that's a scary parable. Especially in a society that determines a person's value based on his or her bank account. But this is where the teachings of Jesus clash quite definitively with the values of our society. And how we, how we view the poor. The scripture is quite clear. Our Closeness to God is reflected in how we treat those who are less fortunate than ourselves. And this is true both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. There's an old legend among the Jews that that while the Israelites were wandering around out in the desert, they decided to invite God to dinner. But Moses explained to them that God's not a physical being, so he doesn't eat like like we humans do, but when Moses went up onto the mountain to talk with God, God said to him, I'd love to come dinner to dinner. I'd love to have dinner with the Israelites. And so all the next day, the Israelites all gathered and they were preparing for, for dinner, to have dinner with God. But then an old man, an old poor and hungry and maimed man arrived and asked for something to eat, but... Everybody was too busy to give the man anything to eat. They were preparing to have dinner with God. And then that evening came and the Israelites looked for God, but they didn't see Him. So the next morning, Moses went up on the mountain and asked God why He hadn't come to dinner. And He said, I did. If you had fed the old man, you would have fed me. Scripture is very clear on this subject. Our closeness to God is reflected in how we treat those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Jim Wallace has an interesting take on this idea. He, he says that he often does a little Bible quiz for the audiences that he speaks to. He asks this question. He says, what is the most famous biblical text about the poor? Any takers on that? Okay, I'll tell you what it it is. He asked the question, what's the most famous biblical text about the poor? And he says that every time he asks that question, he receives the same answer. Jesus said, you will always have the poor with you. And Wallace notes that Jesus was speaking to his disciples when he said this. And he tells them, that the reason Jesus' disciples will always have the poor with them is that this is their job to minister to the least of these in, in, the society, in society's eyes. 
you'll always have the poor with you because you're my disciples. And when Jesus said this, he was he was actually quoting a, a verse of Scripture from the Old Testament that if you finish the verse of Scripture, it says, the poor will always be with you, therefore open your hand to the poor. Take care of them. Jesus assumed that His followers would continually be in the midst of the poor because they would be ministering to the poor. But unfortunately, the modern church often forgets that. But folks, our closeness to God is reflected in how we treat those who are less fortunate than ourselves. And the truth is that some of us are really not that close to God either God or our fellow human beings. We may remember to pray for them, but we don't remember them in our actions. And this is where the teachings of Jesus clash with the values of society. It's in how we view the poor. And that brings us to the final thing to be said today. And that is that the mark of a follower of Jesus Christ is to be kind and compassionate to all people, regardless of their station in life. This is not a class warfare sermon. We are to treat all people with love and respect. We are to be a servant to everyone. and This is how we best show our love for Christ. There's an old story about a squire who longed to be a knight and he wanted to serve his king and be the most honorable and noble knight who ever lived. And when the day finally came and he was knighted by the king, he was so overcome by dedication that he made a special vow. He vowed to bow his knees and to lift his arms in homage only to his king and to his king alone. Well, this knight was given the task of guarding a city on the frontier of the kingdom. And every day he would stand at the gates at attention in his full armor. And years passed. And one day as he was standing there at attention, a, a, a peasant woman came by with goods that she was taking to the market. And her cart turned over, spilling potatoes and onions and carrots all over the place. And the woman hurried to, to gather them all up and put them back in her cart but the knight would not help her. He just stood there at attention, lest he break his vow by bending his knees to help this poor woman pick up her stuff. Time passed, and one day a man came by with with one leg, passing by the the city gates, and his crutch broke, and and he called up to to the knight, Good knight, please reach down and help me up. He begged. But the knight would not stoop or lift a hand to help him, lest he break his vow to bow only to his king. Years passed and the knight was getting old. And one day his grandson came up to him and said, Grandpa, pick me up and take me to the fair. But the knight would not stoop even to pick up his grandson, lest he break his vow to the king. And then finally, years after, the king came to visit and the king, as the king approached, the knight just stood there 
at attention. He did not bow, but he simply stood erect. And the king inspected him, but, but then he noticed that the king was, that the knight was crying and, and the king said to him, you are one of the noblest knights I have ever seen. Why do you cry? And the knight responded, your majesty, I took a vow that I would bow and lift my arms in homage to you and to you alone. But now I am, I am unable to keep my vow. He said, these years have done their work and the joints of my armor are rusted and I cannot lift my arms or bend my knees. And with the loving voice of a parent, the king replied, perhaps if you had knelt to help those who passed by and lifted up your arms to embrace those who came to you, you have, would have been able to keep your vow and pay homage to me today. My friends, there are some who are in danger of not only rusted knees and rusted arms, but also rusted hearts. Our hearts will make a pitiful offering to Christ someday if we do not exercise them in acts of kindness and compassion for everyone. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man comes in in filthy clothes. If you pay special attention to the man wearing fine clothes saying, here is a seat for you, a special seat for you. But if you say to the poor man, go stand over there or sit at my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of society of the world to be rich in faith? To inherit the kingdom that he promised for those who love him? It's a good question. It's a question not only for us to consider, but I think a question for us to take deeply into our hearts and to live by. Amen. We have come to that portion of our service where we will celebrate the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, communion. For those of you who don't know, today is World Communion Sunday. And what that means is that there are literally millions of Christians across the world that are celebrating communion together today. And we're glad to be a part of that. The very word communion, it implies fellowship. It implies holding things in common. And that would be our love for God, our love for Christ who, who died for our sins. We remember that today in the act of communion. And we join in communion with ourselves here today. We join in communion with God today. And we join in communion with millions of Christians across the world 
as we share in this this morning. Communion. It implies fellowship. And as we've seen in our passage of Scripture today, that means the fellowship of all people. Not just a few. Not just the disciples. Not just the ones that are dressed in fancy clothes. Not just the ones who, 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 are, are, who are the important of society. It means everyone. No one is left out. And that's one thing I've learned in, in reading the Gospels is that, God, is, is that Jesus never once turned anyone away. And you know what? I think that's a good example to follow. And so we are all welcome at the table of the Lord this morning. It matters not what you have. It matters not what you've done. All that matters is that you are welcome here. None are discriminated against. So come and share the fellowship of God. For deacons will come and... and um, Prepare for communion. I'll explain how we're going to be doing this. We're going to be taking in tincture today. And so we would like to ask if you would begin at the back of the congregation, move into the, uh, the center aisle, and come to the front. One of us will be standing here with the bread. Just take a piece of bread and move to the side and dip it into the cup and then eat. And then you'll return to your seats along the side. If there are those who, um, for whom it's, it's not easy to come forward or if you prefer to use the traditional method of, uh, of communion, uh, you can do that. We will have some of our deacons that will be starting at the back and moving forward. And so all you have to do is remain at your seat and, um, and we'll serve you at your seat. But we invite you all to come and to share the love of Christ in communion today.
I love communion. Don't you? Because it truly is a way for us to unite as the family of God and to commune with the Lord Jesus Christ and with one another. It's even better than Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) And it's great. And God has been here today. And we celebrate what God has done in our lives by welcoming us, no matter who we are, into His family. That's what we have done today. And I hope that we will take this with us into the world and show the people of the world that they too are welcome into God's family. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, they are welcome. Let us sing our closing hymn, number 460, When I Pray. Would you stand? Let us pray. Oh God, you have come near to us today. You have come through the reading of your word, through songs of praise and thanksgiving, through prayers lifted to the heavenly realms, through, through the offering of our gifts to you. You have come near to us, O oh God, through the proclamation of your word and through the sharing of the bread of life and the cup of forgiveness. You have come near to us as we enjoy the the fellowship of sisters and brothers in Christ. It has indeed been a good day at Community Baptist Church. And now as, we, as our time draws, draws to a close, send us, O oh God, as your ambassadors to a world in need. Open our eyes that we may see you at work and that we may join you in sharing God's love with the world. Amen.